up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we have a, a fun, quicker show for you here this morning. Make sure to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to have your review, your like. Make sure to share it with your friends. I know it's the offseason, but there's a lot of good stuff happening in the Big Ten Conference. A couple of things we're going to cover I know I mentioned I was going to talk about Urban Meyer a little bit. I'm going to push that to next week. And the reason is because there's a couple of big things happening in the Big Ten landscape that I think would be helpful for us to talk about, one of which has to do with the transfer transfer portal uh, and some, some big news potentially uh, for Wisconsin. And then we're also going to talk about Uh, there's a report going around about how the Big Ten might be doing away with divisions and they might be going to an eight-game schedule uh, starting as early as 2023, an eight-game conference schedule. That would mean four non-conference games and eight conference games uh, instead of the current nine and three model. And so just very interesting stuff. Um, We'll we'll dive into that in a minute. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Caleb Williams. If you don't know who Caleb Williams is, Caleb Williams was the number one recruit, I believe, in the 2021 recruiting class in terms of quarterbacks. He's a dual threat quarterback. He was at Oklahoma, uh, had a really, really good season uh, for for Oklahoma, all things considered, um, replaced Spencer Rattler, who was a Heisman favorite uh, after he really struggled. And he led Oklahoma to an 11 and two season, uh, had some bumps, really struggled in their biggest games against Baylor. He threw two interceptions, uh, only 50% completion percentage. Uh, against Iowa State. They won that game, but he was 8 of 18, 87 yards. And then Oklahoma State, uh, not a great game, not a bad game either, uh, but still around 50% completion percentage. Uh, But he was uh, dynamic at times. He made some really big wow plays, but he was also a true freshman. So I think think there's... uh, This is a high profile quarterback. He has a lot of potential. He proved a lot of things on the field. Uh, The last game of the season, 21 to 27 for 242 yards and three touchdowns against Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. So he is a big time recruit. Last week I said, oh, he's probably going to USC. He's following Lincoln Riley. But there's been a lot of smoke that he might be going to Wisconsin. And I don't, I can't understand how they entered the chat, except for this connection. Uh, Bobby Ingram, who was a wide receiver coach at Pitt under Paul Christ, uh, is now the new offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. And so good offensive mind. Um, His son, Dean, plays at Wisconsin. And Dean was the high school teammate of Caleb Williams. And so 
there's maybe a little bit of smoke there. The other thing was Paul Paul Christ was the offensive coordinator for Russell Wilson. And so Russell Wilson kind of similar playmaker could run really accurate with the football. And so there's at least some history with Paul Christ as the coach at Wisconsin uh, to, to do well with quarterbacks, certainly not as, as good of a reputation as Lincoln Riley. But you have that plus the Bobby Ingram connection, Dean Ingram connect, connection, that it seems like there's at least relationally some real smoke here to this thing. Now, do I think he's actually going to end up with at Wisconsin? Uh, I, I still have a hard time believing that he ends up anywhere but USC uh, to be with Lincoln Riley. But it's not a it's not an insignificant percentage at this point. I, I'd still I'd probably put it, you know, maybe sixty five percent USC, thirty five percent Wisconsin. So not insignificant. If you told me that. Uh, Wisconsin would have more than a 5% shot. I would have laughed at you a month ago. So this is, this is real. Uh, it's a, they're a real threat to land him. And the implications are massive for the big 10 because realize if you look at the landscape of quarterback play uh, in the big 10, first of all, Caleb Williams is already a massive upgrade to Graham Mertz. You know, no offense to Graham Mertz. Graham, Graham Mertz had a lot of hype coming into this season. Obviously, his, his first game last year in 2020 threw for five touchdowns, kind of celebrated, and then COVID kind of derailed their season. But just, just so you understand, Graham Mertz had a whole uh, year under his belt. I believe he played all 13 games uh, as the starter. He completed under 60% of his passes. He completed, uh, he, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns, 10 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. He had negative rushing yards, negative 25 rushing yards and 37 carries. And they really had to modify their attack to deal with his deficiencies. And in fact, if you look at his overall stats, he, he only threw for over 200 yards, three times all season. The, the one, one game was against Notre Dame where he threw four interceptions and just stunk up the place at the end of that game, to, to, which led to a 28-point win for the Fighting Irish. And then if you look at the other two games, it was 240 yards against Rutgers, which no offense to Rutgers, that's not that hard to do. And then 200, 216 yards, against Northwestern. Again, not that hard to do. And they, the rest of the season, they really were on the, the, the backs of their running back, their running game, and their defense. And that is a was a clear deficiency for them. And, and they had a good season, nine and four, uh, better than I thought they would be. But the reality is Caleb Williams – you know, he played, I think, five fewer games, started five fewer games, only threw for 46 less yards. His touchdown to interception ratio is 21 to four. He ran for 442 yards, ran for six touchdowns. It's already a massive upgrade. 
the one the one downfall here is that Wisconsin loses a lot of a lot of their senior leadership uh, in terms of pass receivers. Jake Ferguson, uh, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, all uh, all leaving. It's not a massive detriment, but it, it's a detriment, right? Because they they knew the system, they knew the playbook, all that stuff. But here here's the deal: if Wisconsin lands Caleb Williams, he is immediately the second best quarterback in the conference, right? Cause you got CJ Stroud at Ohio state. Like who's next? Like you could, you could make an argument based on potential that JJ McCarthy at Michigan might be, uh, might be the second best, but we don't even know if he's going to beat out Cade McNamara next year. Uh, it ain't Clifford. I love Sean Clifford, but it ain't him. And Drew Alar, if he comes in and wins the job, he's a true freshman. Uh, it, it certainly isn't Spencer Petrus at Iowa. It's it's probably not Peyton Thorne at Michigan State. Um, and, and I'm not sure who else uh, it, who else it would be. There's no one else I can think of that that would be in even in that conversation. And so Caleb Williams is immediately at least the top three quarterback, maybe probably a top two quarterback in the conference. They have a strong running game with Braylon Allen coming back as a, as a true sophomore. That defense is always going to be good under Jim Leonard. Is it possible that if Caleb Williams goes to Wisconsin, that Wisconsin's now the favorite to be uh, clearly the favorite in the West but probably the second best team in the conference. Because with that defense, with that running game, and a quarterback who's competent and could maybe become neck and neck with C.J. Stroud, he's a dual threat guy. He can, he can make all the throws. He's just got to get more consistent. That makes the Badgers a very interesting team and a very – uh, intriguing dark horse pick, not only to win the Big Ten, but to possibly get to the playoff. So I, I'm very curious to see what happens. I still think he goes to USC. I still think that's where he ends up. I think that's probably a better trajectory for him being under Lincoln Riley. Uh, Jackson Dart, who is the kind of the heir apparent at USC, has transferred out. So there's a clear path for Caleb Williams. To, to start at USC, but it, it's definitely not, it wouldn't be a terrible move uh, for, for him if he went to the Badgers. Uh, let's, let's move real quick to this news report uh, rumor that the Big Ten might be going to eight conference games instead of nine and removing divisions. That seemed to be the writing on the wall when the Big Ten announced this alliance that they have with the Pac-12 and the ACC. If you, if you recall, the Big Ten created an alliance. It was basically to kind of stop the SEC rating anyone else. Uh, remember, Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. A number of teams are going to the Big 12, including the Bearcats, Cincinnati. And so... Ohio, uh, the, the Big Ten made this alliance with the Pac-12 and ACC. And we, we're not really sure what all the details are, 
But one of the details and one of the implications seem to be that the ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten are going to try to uh, coordinate together with non-conference schedules, which sounds great. But the, the one problem for the Big Ten was you have three non-conference games and non-conference games. And are you really going to want to sacrifice two of your three non-conference games for a Pac-12 opponent and ACC opponent? especially when you're a team like Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan, imagine your schedule. You've got Clemson uh, and uh, maybe an Oregon State, and then you've already scheduled a home and home with Alabama. Like Ohio State's got a home and home with Alabama in, I think, 2027 and 2028. Imagine that schedule. Or, you know, they've got Texas a couple years earlier. And so that just seemed like it was it was pretty rough. So I it seemed like at least going to eight conference games seemed like a, a no-brainer at some point if they're going to continue to uh, progress with that alliance. But what's, I think, really intriguing and I think actually really smart is the removal of divisions. And so what the, the report said, I'm trying to remember, I saw it on an Ohio State fan site. It might have been The Athletic that, that reported this. So that's... They, they're the ones that came out with this that, that had the lead on this story. But apparently the, the proposal is the removal of divisions and each team will have three uh, annual games that with teams that will never change. And then the other five, uh, five games will alternate either every, every season or every other season um, so that each team kind of gets to play each other more regularly. So it would look like maybe for Ohio State, I'll use them as an example, Ohio State might get Michigan, Penn State, and Nebraska every year. And then the other 10 teams would alternate. So they would play five teams, maybe two years in a row, do a home and home. And then they'd switch to the other five teams that they didn't play and do a home and home with them, which I think sounds like a really smart idea. Um, it, let me let me say why I think it's a really smart idea. For one, it, it gives a bit more competitive balance. So if you're Rutgers or you're Maryland or Northwestern, um, I, I'll stick with Maryland and, and Rutgers because uh, Northwestern is in the West and that's already an easier division. But if, if you're Rutgers or Wisconsin and you're tasked with a rebuild, and then you stare at the division that is the East, you've got to beat Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. And if Indiana's good, like that's potentially five top 25 teams in your own division. And then imagine you get a crossover game with Wisconsin. <laughs> that, that, this is terrible. That's awful. And, you know, Rutgers is, I think, building and growing. But like nothing will stunt your growth more than that type of a schedule. And they, they had that schedule every year. And, and sometimes they were just lucky that at least Michigan State had a down year one year. or Michigan had a down year one year. But like they had a Penn State team that was pretty good this year that was seven and six in their division. I mean, it, it's just it's a brutal division. And I, I think the removal of divisions really helps teams out like Rutgers, like Maryland where they can get more games against more common competition. You know, Illinois, uh, 
Northwestern, Purdue, Indiana, like it, it gives more flexibility in that. And, and conversely, Ohio State's probably, and Penn State and Michigan are probably going to get more of the harder games year in and year out, which helps them uh, have a better resume as they, as they go for an expanded playoff. So that's one thing that I really appreciate. I think the other thing, honestly, the divisions, especially as of late, really hampered the Big Ten championship game. The two best teams of the Big Ten this year were Michigan and Ohio State. Arguably, the top four teams in the Big Ten were all in the East. Now, Penn State really faded down the stretch, but realistically, you're not getting your two best teams into the conference championship game. And we saw that because as bad as Ohio State got whooped in the big house, I mean, Iowa just got taken the woodshed by Michigan, right? Like it's 42 to six. It was terrible. It was a terrible game. And then it's been that way. You know, you look at the past uh, few Big Ten championship games, you know, the 2017 game was was pretty close between Ohio State and Wisconsin. But really, the, the, the last real exciting Big Ten championship game was Penn State-Wisconsin. Like, that's the last time it was really a, a fun, explosive game. And, you know, you had Iowa-Michigan State the year before that. But it just has not been a very balanced uh, balanced game. And you can make an argument that most years, the best two teams are in one division. And so I love the idea of going, of removing divisions, because instead of, you know, getting an imbalance where maybe you have an eight and four West team against a 12 and 0 East team, you might have a 12 and 0 team against an 11 and one team. And they're battling it out to figure out who the big 10 champ is. I think it's a great move. I think it really helps the conference. Um, but I would love to know what you guys think. Uh, do you like it? Do you think it's, it hurts the big 10? Do you think it helps the big 10? I certainly think it helps as, as it moves towards an expanded playoff, possibly to even get two teams into that playoff. If, if that's what happens, um, we'll talk about an expanded playoff and what that means, uh, in a future show, but that's, th those are my thoughts. We'll see if this happens. Well, I'm sure there'll be more, more, more things coming down the pike. We'll see if Caleb Williams ends up going to Wisconsin. But that's it for the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Again, this is Zach Guggenheim, your host, signing off. Take care and God bless.